0: So, please feel free to do that at any time during the message today. All right. Uh, we are continuing a series today called First Things First. And uh, we are in week four of this message. And I hope you've been having a great 2018 so far. And we, we are in this series because every year everybody kind of begins to, as the new year begins, they begin to look at their priorities. And so we thought it'd be appropriate to address a series where we looked at our own priorities, where we said, all right, w- what are they? And I think for most of us, we know exactly what our priorities are, right? Like if I said, what's most important to you? You could list them out for me. You'd tell me, you know, God, you tell me family, making sure my finances are in order, the kids and all that, and you'd list them out and you'd put them in a, a particular order of importance for you. But, but the problem is not that we know what they are. They're it's that there's this gap between our intentions and our application of that knowledge, right? Like we know what's most important to us. We intend to give time and attention to those things and invest in those things. And yet we tend to pour our time and attention into other things. There's there's a gap there. And it's not a knowledge problem. It's not that we need to know what they are or need to be reminded about them or taught how to do them better. It's a wisdom issue. It, because I think we know plenty of things. In fact, I would even say of, of God's people nowadays, the, the church today, I would say that, that most of us are, are far educated beyond our level of obedience. Like we know what to do, we just aren't doing it. So it's not a knowledge issue. The, the issue is that we need wisdom. And that's why our key verse for this whole series is Psalm uh, 90, verse 12. This is Moses. Uh, that wrote this psalm, not King David. King David wrote most of them, but, but Moses said this, teach us to number our days aright. In other words, God, help us get our priorities in order. Help us get our priorities in order. Help us get our days in order so that, so that we, can, we can do this right because we don't have a whole lot of time left. You know the, 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 it, it, what you say, Aaron, are you talking about Jesus coming back? Well, sure. Yeah, I believe that's imminent. That's going to happen any day now, but, but, but our lives, our personal lives, the end is near for us as well. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. So let us get our days right. Let's get our priorities in order. And then he says that we may gain a heart of wisdom. We need a heart of wisdom, not just knowledge. It's important to know how to live our lives, but wisdom is the application of that knowledge, right? It's us taking what we know and living it out. And so we need a heart of, of wisdom so that we can apply what we already know. And we need God's wisdom to do it. We don't need that more of that. In fact, I, I know plenty of, of you guys have resolutions that you set forth for this year. And by the way, statistics say that if you did have a New Year's resolution, most of you have given up on them already. Anybody got an amen out there? Like you just, you like, yeah, I'm already said I was going to go to the gym or I wasn't going to eat this or I was going to do that or I was going to start to like kale or something like that and you just kind of fell short. It's just like one bite of that stuff and you understand why. <laughs> anyway, so... But but most of us, if you have resolutions, and it's possible that you're struggling with them, and the reason you're struggling with them is because you lack God's wisdom to help you get those things done, and you need that. And so, uh, let me just ask you a question: How many of you guys want to have the best 2018 yet, like the best year ever? Is anybody out there interested? Now, for some reason, that's not all of you. So do me a favor. Look next to you. Nudge the people sitting next to you. Make sure everybody's awake. I'm going to ask you, who wants to have the best year ever in 2018? All right, there you go. Okay. I was just confused by that. Like, I'm, you know, I got all these lights in my eyes. I can't see everything. But I know that was not all the hands. Like, Like, Father, can I just pray for the people that didn't raise their hands right now? There is something. Let hope rise that they can have a better year. So here's what we've discovered so far in this series. So the first, first week we talked about the fact that you and I are not earthly beings. So yes, we, we, we live here on this earth, but more importantly, to understand about ourselves, we are spiritual beings having an earthly experience. We're not earthly beings having a spiritual experience on Sundays, right, that, that's just not who we are. And if we're to have the best year ever, if 2018 is gonna rock, then because we're spiritual beings, we have to give attention to the spiritual part of our life. And that's why we say, hey, listen, God, we want to give you the first part of our year. This is why it's so important for us to say through this 21 days of prayer and fasting to do it in January because it's the first part of the year. Because we believe that if we give attention to spiritual priorities, then it'll empower and bless the rest of what we have. Order matters. First is important. In fact, we said this that this will be the best year of your life ever, if it's the best year of your life spiritually. And so it's important that we look to those things and listen. If you haven't joined us so far in the 21 days of prayer and fasting, I want to go ahead and encourage you to do that. You can jump on. It's the last week. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Hmm. Ha enjoying the fast. I'm enjoying God's presence, but I like food too. I don't know if you can tell that or not from the lights. Maybe I just, you know, if you can't see, I'm a, I like food. And, um, but you can join us this past week or this next week, all right? And, and we're praying every day. We're gathering online, so it's not like you have to come here. We're praying every morning, Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. on Saturdays at 10 a.m. And there's a live broadcast service that we're joining, thousands of churches around the world, and we're joining that. So you can pray with us. Even if you can't tune in, pray during those times. Amen? Be, be part of it. Make, make your spiritual life or the part of you that is spirit a priority. And the, the, the next thing that we learn is, is that a lot of us are already doing spiritual things. We're, we're reading our Bibles. We go to church. We're serving on a team. Like We, we do lots of spiritual things. But those spiritual things have become like a checklist to us. And if you allow them to become that way, like if you remove them apart from the relationship God intended you to have, then those spiritual things aren't helpful at all because you've disconnected from the one in which they're intended to bless and to be a part of. It's like, hey, I'm doing all this stuff. And if you keep trying to do them underneath your own power, what happens is is they become a burden. They they get to a place where it it equals not a relationship that God intended for you to have, but religion. See, relationship is like God looked at us and said, I want to be with you, and I want you to know me, and I'm going to make a way for you so that I can be in relationship with you. That's why he sent Jesus. But religion says, hey, God, we know you're up there, and I'm going to do all this stuff so that I can get to you. And you know religion doesn't get you to God. It's just a list of things to do. And that's not God's best for your life. That's not what he intended for you. And so we said, hey, listen, God doesn't want your hands. He wants your hearts first. He wants you to know him. He wants you to be in relationship with him, not have a religion. In fact, he wants to be your first love. And so we, we looked at that the second week. In the third week of this series, um, one of my pastors and one of our church's overseers, Gary Fowler, was here, and he talked about, uh, did an illustrated sermon called Big Rocks and the big rocks were the priorities in our life. You would identify them maybe as, as God. You would identify them as family, as, as your kids, as your marriage, as your, your friends or your church or however you would identify them. And he, he had an illustration of these small pebbles that were in this jar that, that represented all the other things that we get involved in. All the little stuff that we do that are not our priorities, that take away from us. And he showed how if you do all the little things first, that the big rocks just don't fit into our life. But if you handle your priorities first, then all the little stuff fits in there as well. And so order is important. What we prioritize, if we get this right, then all that other stuff that we do fits into our lives as well. But it's important to do that because order reveals several things. Order order determines our capacity. In other words, if you get your priorities done first, then you can do more. You'll actually be able to do more. Order also reveals your priority. Like your family is watching, your friends are watching. We can tell what's important to you by what you handle first. And then order does this this great thing. It brings blessing into your life. God does a supernatural thing. When you get your priorities right, he begins to bless them spiritually and supernaturally. And so first things are important. And so we need to figure out what our priorities are and do them first. If you missed any or all of those messages, I would encourage you to go back and listen to them. You you, you need to hear them. But I would tell you that looking at your life, it would be really easy for me to determine what your priorities are. I don't have to interview you and sit down for 30 minutes and talk to you to discover what those things are. No, I can look at two things and tell you about what's most important to you. I can look at where you spend your time and your money and know what your priority is. It's just, it's just easy to do. I can look at your checkbook, which by the way, you young people, that's a little rectangular thing that's got th- these things we call checks in it. It's how, what we used to write out and pay people with. And you keep track of all your money in it so that you know how much you have, okay? That's what that is. So I can look at your checkbook and, and your calendar and know exactly what's important to you. And so today, what we're going to do is 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 we're going to focus in on that time, how you spend your time. We're we're going to look at it and 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 discover how we use it and how we spend it. That we need to make sure that it is it is right. I don't know if you guys heard this. I heard this story this week about a guy who um, who this past year went to the OSU Michigan game and he and he he bought two tickets and. Um, I, if you've never been to the OSU Michigan game or even looked at going, you need to know that to get tickets, it's $1,000 or more per seat, okay? So the guy goes to the game, and uh, there's a gentleman behind him. He notices the guy, but he sees that there's an empty seat next to him. And he's just curious because he knows how expensive the tickets are. And he taps the guy on the shoulder. He says, man, I don't mean to get in your business. He said, but why the empty seat? And the guy said, well, he said... I I bought two tickets for the game, and and this seat was for my wife, and and she just passed away. And the guy says, Oh, man. He said, I'm so sorry to hear that. He said, But I got to ask. He kind of pressed him a little more. He said, These tickets are thousands of dollars. Couldn't you have invited a family member, or a friend, or a brother, or a sibling? Was there nobody close to you that that you could have brought to the game? And the guy says, No, they're all at the funeral. So. (laughs) I would say his priorities are a little off, right? So with, some of you are like, I didn't, is he telling a joke? I don't know. It's, we're going to have some fun in church, amen? Come on, somebody. Yeah. So, so, so here's where I want to start today. It's, I can give you a theme verse for today's message. And, uh, and I want you to understand that as we look at it, that, that God sees your life. And He sees it from an eternal perspective. He doesn't see it like you do or like I, how I see your life. God sees you from eternity past and all the way to the end. And He knows how brief your life is. He sees it. And it's because of His perspective. It's because of what He sees of your life and the brevity of your life that He says this to us in Ephesians 5. He says, be very careful then how you live. It's really important to him that, that he sees, because he sees how you spend your time, and he's like, hey, this is a warning to you because you're going to get in some stuff out of order. You're, you're, you're spending your time and your life, it, it, and you need to get it right. He says, be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. So he's like, I, I want some people who don't just know what to do, but are actually living it out, that are applying wisdom to their lives and doing it. He says, making the most of every opportunity. I'm going to say a phrase to you that I say to my team all the time, and it's this one. God wants you to take a look at your life and do something called redeem the time. There are so many things in your life that are out of order as far as how you spend your time and redeeming the time takes that time that is being used for useless and pointless things and says I'm going to put this into its right place I'm going to put it back where it belongs I'm going to restore it this is what redeem means to buy back to restore It's 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 the factory default settings right on how we were supposed to use that thing and this is what God says I need you to do with your time I need you to redeem your time I need you to get this right. In fact, if you'll let him, God wants to redeem your life too. See, all of hell is bent against destroying you, getting you distracted, and ultimately leaving your life in a wasteland. But God says, I want to take you no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, and I want to redeem you. I want to put you back onto a path to relationship with me. That's what, that's what God wants to do. He wants to redeem your life, and I'll give you an opportunity to participate in that at the end of today's message but we need to look at our time to see where we can redeem it to set it back on track why he says so because the days are evil therefore do not be foolish but understand what the lord's will is god has a plan for how he wants you to use your time he's got it he, he already has a plan and his plans are best whether we like them or not and so today here's what i'm going to do i'm going to give you the message in two sections all right One is a very practical reminder because most of the things I'm gonna share with you, you're gonna go, well, I already knew those. Thanks for the reminder, pastor. I appreciate that. The last thing I'm gonna give you is a few things that you probably aren't aware of. And if you're aware of them, you probably don't do them very well. And some of them are even gonna serve as warnings to you. So, So let's jump into it. Let me give you five principles about time. The first is that Our most valuable asset is time. If you're taking notes, our most valuable asset is time. Here's the thing. You can't get more time. You can always get more money, but you can't get more time. People always want more time to get something done, but but you can't get more. It's just not possible. Each and every one of us gets 1,440 minutes every day to spend and to use. That's, That's all the time you get every single day. And you'll find that there are people in your life that you know and you look at them and you go, they get more stuff done than I do. You might look at successful people and go, how do they cram it all into the day? How is it that they, they have more time than I do? Or we like to call it free time. They've got more time than us, and it's not true. You don't have more time. They just use their time wiser than you and I do. And that's how they get more stuff done. They're not successful because they're lucky. They're successful because they've organize their time, they understand its value, that it's your most precious asset. So they get to do more. The second principle about time is you cannot manage time. You can only manage your opportunities. You cannot manage time, you can only manage your opportunities. Einstein said this, that time management is like an oxymoron because you can't actually manage time. What you can do is live in the moment and recognize that throughout the day, you have opportunities that are the same opportunities that everybody else has. And you manage those opportunities day by day. Third thing is, is you cannot do everything. This is the mantra in my house. We cannot do everything. It's just not possible. I think real wisdom is found in the elimination of non-essentials in your life. Some of you just need to listen to that for a second. Real wisdom is found in the elimination of non-essentials in your life. This is more than just having a to-do list. A lot of us have to-do lists. But some of you need to incorporate a not-to-do list. Some of you are already like, check, got that, laundry? I'm not doing the shopping anymore. I'm not <laughs> Calm down. That's not what I mean. There needs to be things that you need to realize, this is not essential in my life and I need to stop doing it. I need to know what keeps, you, keeps me from my real purpose and I need to eliminate that thing from our life. For, uh, a couple, couple seasons ago, uh, probably actually like a year ago, is it about a year ago, babe? We had this really awesome grow group season and uh, there were so many great activity groups and study groups and my wife signed up for five or six of them. Dear God. She said, There's so many awesome ones that I have to do it because what if they don't do it again? All right, babe. So she did it. we found out in that season, because I also have three kids. And they're teenagers and they're active. They're busy, man. They got youth group, they got friends, they got all kinds of activities to get to, and running here and there, everywhere with them, and, and then jobs and, and church and ministry and, and, and all, all the stuff that we have to do on a regular basis, that five or six groups was just a skosh much. <laughs> and you'll note that during that time, I was only in one. And so what, what we found happened and we, we started talking to each other, we, we kind of realized that, that even though we said it was, I was like, yeah, go for it, do it. You know, we kind of realized that, that what was happening during that time was that we, we were kind of drifting a little bit. We, we didn't know each other as well and what was going on in each other's life because of the go, go, go. We were doing, she was doing everything in all the groups, and, and, and because I didn't have her to partner with me, I was doing everything on the other side, and responsibilities were falling to the ground, and relationships were kind of drifting a little bit, and, and so we, we stopped, and we talked, and we said, hey, listen, I love you, but you can't do all the things, and so we've kind of made that our mantra. We've, been, we've used that. That was a learning point for us. To go, we, we, we just can't do everything. We have to decide what we will and what we won't do. Because here's the deal when you say yes to everything, you can't say yes to what's most important. It's just it's just not possible. It, it's not possible. And so you have to choose what's most important to you. Even at Simple Church, we do, we like to say we do four things around here. And everything that we do is organized around these four things. We have our Sunday morning services where you have an opportunity to connect with God. We do our grow groups. We do our growth track, and we have the dream team. That's the only thing we do. We don't have a whole lot of programming. We just just don't. We're organized simply because there's wisdom in eliminating the non-essentials. The next thing is, is that a uh, principle about time is that there's cumulative value to investing small amounts of time in certain activities over a long period. There's value in doing a little bit of things well, a little bit at a time, over a long period of time. Th- there's value in that. In other words, I'm telling you. The ways that you want to change your life and shift your life or the things that you want to do well at, pick just a few of them, and then spend a few minutes every day working on those things. Because many of you know this, we're, we're, we're a microwave kind of generation, right? We want everything now, but, but what I'm telling you is, is that if you spend a little bit of time over the long period, it'll make a massive difference. But our problem is we want everything now. We want to. Right away, we want it our way. We want it in 30 seconds, or we grow impatient. Right? We get upset. We like, I want it now. Don't care how. I want it now. And then the golden, then the golden goose drops. So good. So good. It's good. Some of y'all didn't know I could be ministered through Willy Wonka. Yes, you can. But that that that. Inability or unwillingness to work at it a little bit every day is problematic for us. It actually winds up leaving us in what, what I would call the land of regret. Huh, huh, and we go down the garbage chute, right? <laughs> None of that's in my notes. That's just for you special people. I don't even know what's going on. Spirit of God is moving and flowing, and I just felt... <clears throat> Probably won't try that second service, won't work too well. Hey, and you Facebook people are watching it too, that's awesome. <laughs> but look, just, just, just a little bit of time every day. And those things makes a difference. And we, if, if we don't do those things, we wind up in the land of regret. We wind up looking at our family and going, man, you know, I feel distant from my kids, I wish I'd had different talks with them, I wish I'd spent more time with them, I wish we'd done, I wish we'd done better, I wish I'd, I'd invested just a little bit every day. Our marriage the same way, our finances the same way. We just invest a little bit every day. It makes a difference. During this 21 days of prayer and fasting, uh, you know, we've turned off the TV and we're not playing video games, and you know, I, we're we disconnected from social media and things like that. And so basically, that leaves you with not a whole lot to do that you regularly do. And so we, we've spent a lot of time with the kids, and, you know, they they get a little. They, they, they've been a little irritated, like, you know, the first week, it was just kind of like, this is your fault, you did this to us, you know, kind of thing, and and, uh, and I was like, well, just turn on the TV then, if you don't want to be part of it. No, we don't want to go to hell, so there's that, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like you've, you've completely misunderstood this, if that's what you think is happening, but, but, but what's cool is I, I busted out my guitar one night, and my sister, who's uh, just moved in with us recently, my, and, uh, She's like, will you teach me how to play guitar? And and it's been interesting trying to teach her because she looks at me and where I'm at. You know, I've played guitar for years. And she looks at where I'm at and she wants to play like I do. She's like, well, it doesn't sound like the way you play it when you strum it. I said, it's not going to, you just started. Like you're on day one of playing this guitar. And so I taught her some basic fundamentals. And I said, listen, you just need to trust the process. Here's what I want you to do the next few days before you come back to me and we have another lesson. I just want you to strum. I just want you to strum a little bit like this. Every day, just up and down on the guitar. And then I want you, here's the shapes. I just want you to move through the shapes. Don't worry about playing those shapes, the chords, the shapes of the chords. Just a little bit. And and she's like, are you sure? Because it doesn't, I said, stop. A Little bit, every day, makes a difference. And it's been amazing to watch her progress even just the past week and a half. If you see my sister, Claire, give her a high five and tell her to keep at it, right? She's doing good. But we need to do a few things for a few minutes every day over a long period, and that will make a huge difference in our life. Now, the opposite is true. Many of us want different things in our lives, but if you don't give attention to them and invest a little bit in them every day, then, you're, then whatever it is, your marriage, your finances, your relationships will either stay the same or get worse. That, that's just what will happen. They don't fix themselves on their own. They slowly slip away. And here's the last principle on time. You need to decide what is important and then manage that decision daily. Decide what's important and then manage that decision daily. All right? Now, most of you think that, that when you decide to do something that you have to redecide it every day. And sometimes decision-making is hard. But that's not the case. You need to decide once. This is what I'm going to do with my time. And then you need to manage that. In other words, manage the structure of your day to accomplish that. The decision's already been made. Just manage it, just do it. The gap in what's important for us, so the resolutions that we make, doesn't exist on January 1st, because we've decided the thing. The gap exists on February 1st, when we decided the thing in January, and then we have it managed every day to make sure that that still happens, right? So it's not an annual resolution that you need. It's a daily resolution to do what you've already decided to do. It's interesting. In 2016, my team and I decided that we were going to get personal development plans. And I said to them, I sat down with them and I said, listen, guys, personal development means that we're going to grow so that we can grow in our capacity as leaders to love people. And and as a result, I know that God God will grow our capacity to love and I know he'll grow our church as a result. It'll grow your family. It'll grow you in every way. So they were sold. And I said, that means we're going to read books. And then they all wanted out. They were like, no, that's, that's, we're not going to do that. Um, we don't have time were the reasons. Uh, I don't know how I can fit that into my schedule. And so we began to work through that. I said, not only that, let's, let's do some podcasts too. I want you to be listening to some good stuff. And then I want to make sure you're reading your Bible every day. And, and so we came up with a plan that they, they participated in. And they said, listen, we're going to, in the next year, that's that long period. We're gonna read 10 books. Some of them hadn't read a single book since high school. So we're gonna read 10 books, we're gonna to listen to 52 podcasts, it's just one a week, on any subject that they wanted to. And then we're gonna read our Bibles daily. And we, they came up with a plan. And it was amazing to, to begin working with them as they said, all right, we've made the decision, this is what we're gonna do, as they began to manage that decision daily. And as we begin to check on it monthly, because here's the thing. Once you set your priorities, you can't just leave them there. you got to keep checking on them. Priorities drift. you got to manage them daily. Make sure they're in line. So decide and manage daily what you're going to do with your time. Now, if you take any of this stuff that I'm sharing with you and apply it to your life, which I hope that you do, I hope that you look, take Take a look at your life and say, there's things to be redeemed here. There's there's time that can be redeemed here. My drive to work can be redeemed. The the time in the the shower can be redeemed. The the, the, the treadmill time, I don't have to watch trashy TV, it can be redeemed. I can do something with that time. We can redeem it. I, I hope that you walk away with something that you can apply to your life. But even if you do, I feel like there's a few things that most of us will probably miss as we consider what we ought to be doing with our time. And it's important that we know them because they're biblical things, they're things that God wants for us in our time. So I'm gonna share them with you and highlight them so that you don't miss them because there are are three things that no matter what your life looks like, that are important. The first thing is that you need to make time for renewal and this is a really big one. Time for renewal, what does that mean? I'm talking about rest. Because I, I think most of us are wore out and we are tired. That's our current generation. We are driven so hard. We are moving so fast, doing all the things, doing all the stuff. Our attention is constantly pulled to go, 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 go all day long, even into the hours of the night when we ought to be sleeping. Gary said here last week that Netflix number one competitor is not Hulu or any of the other streaming services. The number one competitor for Netflix is your sleep and we give it, and we're not rested because we're staying up binge-watching. How many of you are guilty? That's me. Yeah, some of you are liars. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I said some, not all, all right, because we're, <laughs> we're busy binging. We're going too fast and doing too much, and, and there's a, only a few places in the Bible where Where god tells us to be careful and jesus tells us in luke 21 hey listen you need to be careful because the cares of this life i'm not saying they're not important he calls them cares the things you're concerned about the cares of this life can dull our senses to what's most important the stuff that you're busy about running around doing all the time The Facebook posts that you have to read and like or people will think you are dead. You know what I'm saying? I gotta let somebody know I'm alive. I need to share something. I need to post something. I'm eating pancakes this morning. The world needs to know. All this stuff that you're doing is dulling your senses to what's most important. And Jesus knew we'd get in trouble. Jesus knew that there's gonna be too much going on in our lives even then that we'll give attention to all those cares and we'll forget about what's most important. And not to get in your business, but some of you right now are being robbed of what God intends for you. Now, I'm not gonna come out there and tell you to stop playing on your phone or stop looking at Facebook or whatever, but some of you are constantly allowing yourselves to be robbed of what God intends for you. You're you're busy doing stuff right now right now as we sit in this room so the enemy has robbed us of these things and I'm going to tell you he's not stupid he's on a mission to destroy your life and he does things intentionally now I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with a with a smartphone or a tablet or a computer or any of those things I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with them I don't think there's anything wrong with Facebook or you said I don't hate any of that stuff but all of those things are dulling our senses to what's most important. It's the saddest thing to me when I realize it in my own life and I see it in the lives of my friends and family members and even just people sitting at tables around restaurants and all they're doing, they're sitting there with their loved one and both of them have their faces in their phones. Their senses have been dulled to what's most important to them. And little bit by little bit, those relationships drift. It's important that we realize that God wants us rested. That he wants us rested and ready to face whatever comes ahead so that we can do more and not be wore out at the end. That's our main issue. We're wore out and we're tired all the time and that's how we live our lives. Wore out, tired, wore out and tired. We don't run our lives, our lives run us. You know, back in the 50s, they were talking about computers, and they said if computers ever catch on, then it'll reduce us down to a 30-hour work week. That's like saying Nickelback is good music. It ain't true. (laughs) Oh, I've offended some Nickelback fans in the room. Y'all weren't ready for me this morning. But it's not true. We now have computers in our pockets, and we're working even when we leave work. That phone rings and we're taking business calls in the middle of fellowship time. And I'm not dogging it. I get that it's important, but we we don't stop working when we clock out. We're working all the time. We work way more than 40 hours because we never leave work. And the Bible says this. This is, this is Paul writing this. And understand that Paul, Paul lived a busy life. Dude planted churches all over. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten, thrown in jail. Like this guy went through some stuff just like you do. And he said, and yet, though I live in chaos, I've never, I never lose heart. I'm, I'm not overwhelmed. I'm not tired. He said, because therefore don't lose heart. Though hourly we're wasting away, he's talking about himself saying, though we're going through difficult stuff, though there's stuff to care about, though, though life is busy and hectic, Yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. He, he was taking time for rest, and he found the secret of living through this life of chaos by being renewed and resting. Many of you know the song, 23rd Psalm. It's very, it, it, many of you know it. You can recite it, but the, the verses 2 and 3 says, about the shepherd, about God, that he makes me lie down in green pastures. Hey, he's saying, take a break. Chill out. Take a nap, Jesus. Jesus slept. I'm just saying, he took naps. It's important. I can show it to you in the Bible. He was sleeping in the middle of the storm. Just, just passed out. Some of y'all need to take a nap in the middle of your storm. Hey, you. Some of y'all can give me a better amen than that. I'm just telling you. you need to take a nap. Amen. Thanks. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. You need need to rest. And if you aren't careful, God's going to make you lay down. Life's going to make you lay down. If you don't rest and you aren't prepared and ready, then maybe it's your health, maybe it's your relationship. Something's going to make you lay down. That thing you keep saying you don't have time for, you'll find it because it'll force you down. And you'll have to take a break. And the principle of rest is is found someplace you may not have expected to find it. And that's in the Ten Commandments. It's called a Sabbath. In fact, on the list of the Ten Commandments, the Sabbath is higher on the list than adultery and murder. You know that? It is a higher priority that you rest. Because the Sabbath literally means to cease working, to stop. To stop laboring and take a day off. You need to stop and recognize that you can't do anything unless God gives you the strength to do it. And that's why you need to rest. For, for, for a, a while, a long time, I was violating, and I'm still guilty of it every now and then. I'm not perfect at it. But I violate the Sabbath all the time. You're like, Pastor, no, you don't. I see you. you're here every Sunday. No, no, this is not my Sabbath. This is my work day. It's the one day a week I work, according to some of you. This is not my Sabbath. Fridays are my day off. And what, what I, I learned was this, that God speak, spoke to my heart and said, Aaron, I can do more in six days if you'll rest than you can do in seven if you don't take a day off. That if you honor me and rest, you'll get more done. And so on my day off, you know, turn off the phone. Don't handle business. Don't answer the emails. Don't work on the website. Don't work on it. Just, just, just. Take the day off and Sabbath to rest. It's important that we do that. And the principle of the Sabbath is not that you rest at the end of the day. In fact, the Jewish people, their Sabbath was at the beginning of the week, just like ours is Sunday. That's that's, it's for us. It's Sunday, but their days were a little weird. Their days ran from the evening to the middle of the day. That's why in the Bible when it says "And God created the heavens and the earth and he did all the things and the evening and the morning was the first day. God started off his day with rest. It was not to rest because you were tired, it was rest so that you would not tire. So we have to give rest a priority in our lives. Whatever you do, renewal must be included in your time. What would happen if you would take time every day for God, just, just, just some time to rest and be renewed and refreshed in his presence. I'm going to tell you what. Your day would be ordered. You'd get more done. God would empower you to work through that day whatever you had to face. What would happen if you spent the first part of your week like you're doing now, many of you, honoring God? So I'm going to give you the first part of my week. You'd set your week in order. Something spiritual and supernatural happens when you honor God in this way. And just like we're doing with the 21 days of prayer and fasting. To, set, to give God the first part of the year, he sets your year, he sets the pace for it. What would happen if you started off your year with God? And this is why Jesus said this. He said, then say to them, the Sabbath was made for man. Not the man for Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for you. God intends for you to have rest and renewal as a benefit for you. So whatever your time looks like, make sure that you have time for renewal. The next thing is make time for reward. Make time for reward. Whatever you do with your life, make sure there's time for reward in there, alright? That means make sure that you're doing activities in your life that make a difference in other people's lives. Because there's this, there's, there's something incredible that happens when you spend time pouring into other people's, into other people's lives. There's an eternal reward. It's not an earthly reward, it's an eternal reward. Let me tell you, for those of you that are chasing earthly rewards, those things are temporary. And if you continue to chase the temporary, paycheck, success, fame, being admired, all these things, if you chase those things, those things are temporary and you'll be miserable. You will absolutely be miserable. There's a a book in the Bible that was written by Solomon. He was the wisest man who ever lived. He was also a king. He was the wealthiest king who ever lived. And he wrote a book called Ecclesiastes about this very, very thing. And this is what Solomon had to say. He said, I have seen all the things that are done under the sun, and all of them are meaningless. Chasing after the wind. It doesn't matter. You You can't catch the wind even if you chased it. It's pointless. He says, I've I've done it all. I've spent it all. I've tried it all. I've dated it all. I've married it all. I've been everywhere. I've done it. And it's all meaningless. Everything under the sun is meaningless. But that's everything under the sun. Everything above the sun. Everything heavenly is what matters most. Because it's eternal, guys. It's eternal. And there's not anything on this earth except one thing that winds up in heaven. Do you know what that is? It's, it's you. It's people. It's people. And so you want to spend your life making a difference in other people's lives because there's an eternal reward there. You know, my, my pastors, Gary and Conan, they decided to, to come to Pickerington and plant a church without guarantee of a paycheck, without guarantee of success. They felt like God was calling them to come. And they decided to pour out their lives to make a difference in other people's lives. And they worked odds and ends jobs and they did everything they could to make it, make, to make it happen because they wanted to make a difference. They believed that was the greatest thing they could do with their, with their time, with their talents, with their energy. And I'm thankful they did because they established C3 Church. And my life was a wreck in 2010. My marriage headed for disaster and an end and I was invited to C3 Church. And that's where I was loved. That's where they poured into me. That's where they led me into a restored relationship with God. And as a result of that, all I've wanted to do since then is pour out my life and make a difference in other people's lives. Because they're the only things that matter. People are the only things that matter. And I know that you desire the same thing too. I know that all of you want to get before God someday and say, this is what I did with my life. I made a difference in other people's lives. And that's why the Bible says this in 1 Timothy. It says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way they lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. That's the time in heaven. So that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. That's why we have growth track here. We have growth track because we want you to understand how God's wired you and made you. How he's gifted you to make a difference in other people's lives. And I would encourage you to be a part of it. We do it every every Sunday during second service. There's four easy steps to understanding that. To understanding how God has made you to make a difference in other people's lives. And here's the thing. I don't need you to go through it because we need you on a team. You need to go through it because your life won't ever make sense until you understand why you're here. So, So go to growth track. This week is step three during second service in the conference room. Next Sunday is step four. Many of you missed that, by the way, from December if you were on track because we didn't have service. Just a reminder, it's next week. But you need to make time for rewarding. And here's the last thing, and I'll close, is to make time for relationships. Make make time for relationships. Look, I, I don't want you to just go to church. I want you to be in love with God and I want you to have that as your primary relationship. Because here's what happens if you do. The Bible says this, if you're in love with God, reverence for God adds hours to each day. See, you and I can't do anything to add hours to our time, but, but being in love with God, being in that relationship with Him. He says, you're gonna get more done. I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna empower you to get more done during that day than you've ever gotten done. But look, not just a relationship with God, you need to be in a relationship with other people. That's why we do our grow groups. And I wanna encourage you to to get into a group. These groups of people gather around books that they wanna read, they, they gather around activities that they like to do, but they're people just like you. And you need a place to be where you are known by others, where you can be real with others, where you can figure out what it looks like to follow Jesus, because you'll do that better, with others. So our Grow Groups, our catalog is going to launch this week. We'll put it out on Facebook and announce that it's available. And I wanna encourage you to look at the groups. Look, I'm not gonna stop talking about them until every single one of you are in a group. I think they're that important. They're they're that important, you need to be in a group. And then next Sunday when you come in here, we'll have all of our leaders, our Grow Group leaders out in the lobby to help you get connected. But you can sign up even this week online. But choose a group. There's marriage groups, there's financial groups. You say, man, my finances are good. Are they? I thought my finances were good, and then I led that class last season. Guess what? I can do better. And my wife and I walked through there, figured out a couple ways to save a couple hundred bucks a month because of the things that we learned in that financial class. Don't be so arrogant to think you've got it all together. Go. I, I say that in love. There's men's groups, there's women's groups, there's activities groups. There's even groups for people that are just brand new to this walk with Jesus and you're just trying to figure it out. We, we want to help you get in a group. Get, get in a group. Here's why. Because Hebrews says this, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. In other words, there's people that are like, nah, I don't need to be in a group. I don't need to fellowship with other believers. I'm good. Me and God, we're aces he said but let us encourage one another that's what happens when you come together and all the more as you see that day that day is capitalized because it means the end whether it's the end that where Jesus has come back or it's the end of your time It's so important that we focus on relationships because they matter most So let me give you a summary statement that I want to encourage you to make the motto uh, if you will of your life something you can write down And you can say every day to yourself to help you get focused. And it's, I will put first things first and give focus and energy to the things that are eternal. Write it down somewhere, somewhere you can see it. Somewhere you can say it to yourself. And remind yourself, this is my priority and I need to be in line with it. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for your warnings. You're a good father, and we thank you so much for all that you give us through your word. I pray today that it transforms our hearts and our lives and the way that we look at how we are spending our times. God, help us to get this right. Help us to get this right and honor you with our time, with our priorities. Help us, God, to put first things first and give focus and energy to the things that are eternal. God, help us as we make it a priority to find renewal, God. Lord, let us have stronger days, not because we're exhausted and we need the rest, but because we're rested and we're ready to take on hell with a squirt gun. Help us, God. And Lord, as we pursue reward, Lord, I pray that you would reveal to us the ways that we can make a difference in other people's lives. God, that we don't have to be a preacher on a stage or a person in a band or a leader that knows everything. You can say to us like you said to Moses when you said, I want you to go set my people free. Moses like, I, I can't, I got nothing. And you just ask him one question that I, I know you can ask us if we'll be willing to listen. And that's what's in your hand. And he had a staff because he was a shepherd. And Lord, whatever it is we have, I pray that you help us realize how we can make a difference in other people's lives with what we already have. Lord, help us to make relationships a priority. God, we've got all kinds of reasons and resistance to getting into groups. We're afraid people will judge us. We're afraid of what's going to happen. Or maybe we're introverts and we don't do well in groups. And God, I pray that all that resistance would just be laid down so that we can, we can come together with other Christians. Other Christ followers. And learn how to be more like Christ together. Give us the strength. Give us your Holy Spirit. And empower us to do these things, God. Now, as with every head bowed and every eye closed I, I just want to speak to those in, your room, in the room and tell you, I told you earlier that God wants to redeem your life He wants to set it right See, God intended to have a relationship with you but our sin, in other words the way that we choose to live our lives our waywardness separates us from God And He wants to redeem your life today He doesn't care what you've done He's not mad at you He doesn't care how far you've been apart from Him he's just ready for you to come home he's ready for you to turn around and say Lord I want to be in a relationship with you again would you forgive me would you make me right would you redeem me And if that's you and you're here today and you say I'm ready I'm like Solomon I realize that all this stuff I've been chasing after is is meaningless the greatest thing that I need is a relationship with God and I want to help you have that And so I'm gonna pray a prayer right now if you wanna pray that prayer with us would you would you just slip your hand up and do that now. Just say, Aaron, that's me today. I, w- I just want to pray that with you. Yeah, come on. That's good. That's awesome. Thank you. There are those of you that are watching live on Facebook and other other media outlets. If that's you, would you, would you just comment and say, hey, I, that, that's me today, Aaron. We, let, let's just all pray together. Church, nobody praying alone. Pray these words, but mean them from your heart. Jesus. I believe you're the Son of God, and I need you in my life. Redeem me today, set me right. I give you my life, and I ask that you give me yours. Show me how to live for you, and I'll spend every day doing that. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Yeah.